What's going on, everybody? This is your boy, Mariam, with Intuitive Minds Podcast. This is episode 20, featuring actress Sasha Ascari. How are you today, Sasha? I'm so good. How are you? Good, good. You know, just taking it day at a time in this quarantine, man. You know, just doing the <laughs> right? best of it. So. A day at a time. Best mm-hmm. way to go. <laughs> How are you handling all this? Is it affecting at all? Or? Oh, you know, it really, it was. I, I'm not going to lie. The beginning was rough. But now I'm fine. I'm finally getting into the creative side. I was like waiting for my creative instincts to start kicking in and it like finally started hitting. So this is like the perfect time to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> what have you worked on like so like as outside of acting? Like have you worked on anything that's like, oh my God, this is something I want to do now? Is a new hobby that you found while quarantining? Um, you know what's weird? I was like hating on TikTok forever and I'm fi- I'm like kind of liking it now. Now I'm like, okay. <laughs> Let me do some TikTok. And mm-hmm. it's funny, I, I believe I was hating on it because honestly, in my opinion, it's best for actors. Like it really is great mm-hmm. for actors mm-hmm. to get on there. So I'm I'm having fun with it and thinking up of new little like skits and things to do. So yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's 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 very quick too. And it's hashtags are very like two, three hashtags and you've got like 80 views in a matter of seconds. So I tried right? TikTok. I tried TikTok once. And I was like, I only have one follower so far. How did I get so many views and so quickly? And it's I, TikTok right now is at its peak. So I feel like everybody should get on it to get some type of, you know, uh, visibility out there. For know? sure. It's, it's great. It's great. Yeah, you should definitely should have gotten into it because a lot of people are not into it. Not a lot of yeah. people into it. Yeah, but, right. And especially so. older people. <laughs> mm-hmm. They don't know what it is. They have no clue. It's too many. It's too much for them because too many filters. Too That's many... how I felt. I was like, this is too overwhelming. And now mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I get it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One, yeah, one speaks at a time. Yep, yep. It's crazy. Um, so <laughs> give us where you're from in the start and the beginning of how you got started into acting. And I know you did a little bit of dancing as well. So elaborate a little yeah. bit more as well. For sure. So um, I've been doing dancing I started dancing when I was like six mm-hmm. and I was doing ballet tap jazz and hip-hop and by the age of eight I was asked to be a company member and it was so awesome because the youngest person after me was 14 so that's a big age gap yeah so mm-hmm. it was um I loved dancing and um when I was six I was living in Arizona at the time and I got discovered by um an agent at a water park called uh, castles and coasters shout out to castles and coasters in oh Phoenix. My God. Hey. Awesome. That's <laughs> and awesome. um yeah and i was um i was 10 years old and this agent came up to me and he was with his daughter and it was so funny she was like dad you promised you weren't gonna work today and he's like Shh, I, I gotta talk to this girl and he was like where's your mother and i'm all like you know 10 years old like mm. why is this grown man asking me where my mother is like am i in trouble <laughs> so <laughs> i'm like i point at her and he comes up to my mom. He's like, listen, I have a modeling agency. I, I think your daughter just has a great look. I would love for you guys to come in and talk with me. And so I did like my first photo shoot then. And um, after that, I moved to Miami when I was like 15. And because mm. Phoenix, it's, it wasn't easy for me to get jobs there. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm black and Persian. And, mm. you know, Phoenix, let's be real. It's very white um, city. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> so when I moved to Miami at 15, that's when I booked my first commercial. So 
I, uh, <laughs> it was awesome because finally I felt like, okay, I, I found a place that can accept me and likes what I can do and bring it. Mm -hmm. So, um, I've been in this industry a minute now, but 15 is really when I started the acting stuff. Like when it wasn't just like taking classes, when it became like, I was actually making money doing mm -hmm. it and mm -hmm. having really good agents. And, um, yeah, so Miami was like the first touch of it and then I met uh, dance to go back with to dance at 18 I um I danced in the video music awards for P. Yes. Diddy and Mace mm -hmm. and that was pretty iconic because it was all about the like vote or die you know and it was the um oh it was at that time yes oh. yes remember that that was the first time I did it yeah. in Miami yeah he can, I, was that the one where he came in with the yacht Yes, exactly. And remember the breathe, stretch, shake it, let it go. Yeah, that's when Maeve came that back was, with the, yeah, Welcome yes. Back album, 2003. And was, yeah, and that was the dance I did in the Video Music Awards. So I was 18 at that time. Oh, my God. And I know it was incredible. And then at 19, I was in college my freshman year. My mom comes in my room and she's like, why are you here? I'm like, what do you mean, why am I here? She's like, you want to be an actress, right? And I'm like, yeah, I'm an actress. That's what I want to do. That's all I want to do. Mm -hmm. And she's like, well, then you should just move to LA. And I'm like, well, I thought I had to finish college first. And she's like, no, I've been watching too many E2 Hollywood stories. All of them just go. So that's it. You're just going. <laughs> and I was like, what? And I couldn't believe it. Like, and my father is a doctor. So I figured he would never go for this. And yeah. he was like, yeah, I think she should. And mm -hmm. next thing I know, I'm moving to LA at 19. And yeah, so that was pretty cool. Um, I'm, I'm, shout out to my parents. You know, I met so many people out here in LA mm -hmm. whose parents do not support their dreams and, yeah. you know, disown okay. them. It sucks. So mm. I'm very appreciative that I come from a very learned family. Everyone in my family, they're doctors or lawyers mostly. Yeah. So I'm super black sheep in my family. And I, really appreciate the fact that my parents you know let me be who I am and support me you know and don't like belittle me and think that I'm not good because I'm not mm -hmm. a doctor mm -hmm. or a nurse like mm -hmm. them you know what I mean so they didn't get stuck in the old ways of you have to follow the footsteps of what we're doing they let you yeah live. especially coming, especially coming from like that time because you said you're you're half Persian correct and correct they're very I've met certain fam Persian families that are very strict Yes. But then I've met certain Persian families that are very, like, cool. Like, one of my best friends, his mom was Indian. His dad was Persian. His dad was a Persian singer. His mom was just just like a housewife, you know, like uh, cooking and cleaning. And, and then his son, which was my best friend at the time, he was actually good at piano. And he nice. played piano left and right, but then he never followed through because there was that certain thing of, like, you need a college degree you need this and then 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 he never really got to explore his creativity you know so right. so you're very fortunate to come from that and in like your mom especially coming in there and be like look you need to go just go. yeah seriously and, because honestly i don't think i would have i definitely would have waited till after college and who knows if i would have still had the guts you know what i mean there's something about being young mm -hmm. and eager that you you can't buy and um yeah. And she just, I'll never forget it. She just bursted in. I had my boyfriend in my room. So I was like, yo, mom, like, what are you? Just burst <laughs> in like, that's it. You're moving to LA. Like, mm -hmm. what? Like, it was just so, and thank God for it, you know? And she, you know, my mom, I think because she wanted to be 
um, a model and actress when she was young and my my grandmother wanted nothing to do with that. Um, she was like, no, I want you to be a nurse, blah, blah, blah. Um, I think, you know, I don't want to say she lived through me because she's not that kind of mom. Like she's not right. a stage mom like that. Yeah. Um, but I do know that she knows what it's like to have a dream mm -hmm. and know what it's like for people to tell you no. And I love that my mom, if anything, she's taught me, it's how to dream. And mm -hmm. that is something you can't, you know, you, you don't learn in a textbook, but she taught me if your dreams don't make you scared, if you, if people don't call you crazy, then your dreams mm -hmm. aren't big enough. Yeah. And yeah. that's exactly, you know, I, I, I was telling, you know, Elton, shout out to Elton Qualls Harris again. Um, Elton, yep. Yeah, yes. um, I was just telling him the other day how, you know, I had frenemies. I look back, they, I thought they were my friends. I look back, I'm like, no, those were frenemies mm -hmm. who, when I would tell them my dreams at 10, 11 years old, they would laugh at me, like my friends, and yeah. be like, Sasha, like, don't, what are you doing? Like, that's never going to happen. And now seeing things that are happening for me, and I, you know, just, they, they act different around me and, and they, you know, they sometimes give me kudos or they sometimes give the hate, but yeah. at the same time, it's like, <laughs> thank you so much for laughing at me. Yeah, you know, you, you gotta love me. it. Mm -hmm. You got to. You have to love it. Cause I had a friend of mine like that. Like we was, uh, it was like 2011. This is before I even started doing any entertainment stuff, like any acting, any music, anything. I was just like living life, just not doing anything, going from job to job. And then one of my, I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to move to New York, be an actor. Just gonna do it. I'm gonna go to New York Film Academy. I'm just gonna start from there, go from there. And then I told one of my friends, and then my friend was like, I'll laugh if you're still here a year from now. And wow. I was like, I'm not. And then that line right there made me say, Okay, you know what? I'm getting the hell out of Virginia. Yeah. I'm going to New York. And then I moved to New yep. York right away. And then everything just started to unveil. And then I told her 10 years later, I was like, Hey, that line actually motivated me. She's like, You're so emotional. No wonder you wanted to be an actor. Yeah. Thank God for it. And <laughs> yeah. And what? Like, <laughs> and what? No, I remember I was on a red carpet once and this photographer was like, she's so extra. And I was like, I'm an actress. Of course I'm extra. Yeah, like, what yeah. do you expect from me? <laughs> We're supposed to be extra and weird like that. If we're right? not weird, we're not, we're not acting. We're not being ourselves. So yeah. that's the number one rule in acting. You have to be weird. You're not Seriously. weird enough. <laughs> you're not doing it. I'm sorry you're just too stiff exactly uh, you know? now as a dancer who are some of your like favorite dancers growing up that you grew up watching and you're like okay oh. I do that I want to be just I'm gonna I want to Janet Jackson Jackson my god that woman that was the first person to ever give me um what do you call it when you, you see a celebrity and you get all shocked what is that called again uh fanatic uh what do you call it like starstruck starstruck, starstruck. okay Okay. Janet Jackson, my God, mm -hmm. that woman, like Rhythm Nation, like, oh, I want to see her. I like, oh, I remember one time my dad's friend named Janet bought me something and I was like, it was like a little hat. It was so cute. And I told my friends like, oh, Janet got it for me. Like pretending, like forgetting, like that's my dad's friend. So they're not mm -hmm. going to know what Janet and they all just assumed Jackson. I was like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I just totally like went with it. I'm like, yeah, Janet Jackson. <laughs> I was so in love with her. And when I met her, I couldn't speak. Uh, I literally lost my voice. I was an inch away from her and she's just smiling and waving. And I'm just, and I couldn't talk. Like, Was, I was this on a red like, carpet or? No, you know, it was so funny. I was at the Biltmore Hotel in Miami in Coral Gables. 
and um, we were there for brunch, for Easter brunch. And here comes Janet Jackson walking down the lobby, like in the lobby, and my little cousin turns around. She goes, hi, Janet. And we all turn, and here's Janet Jackson just strutting down this lobby, looking like a queen, just this gorgeous thing. And I just start following her, and she gets in her car, and she she was it was one of those like dope Thunderbirds that like the newer ones you know the more modern Thunderbirds. Oh, that okay, came the out. 2000 like five six Thunderbirds. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the, like the blue one that almost looked oh, like yeah, a the original car. Mm -hmm. So cute. So she mm -hmm. gets inside that, and I'm literally at her window, just staring at her, like at her car window, and she's just smiling, waving at me, and I'm just like, I couldn't say anything. I'm just staring at her, like I I was such a creep, like I was such a weirdo, but I, I couldn't. <laughs> I was like in a trance. I was like, is Janet? <laughs> like, so <laughs> Janet was a huge inspiration for me dancing. Um, Madonna was a huge inspiration. Paula mm. Abdul. Oh, I loved mm. Paula Abdul dancing. I was like, say, Paula's got to be up there. Uh, Paula was way up there. Yeah. And just um, like in sync, like I really loved them a lot. And just, mm -hmm. and Britney Spears, I was a big Britney Spears fan and Whitney Houston. I loved, oh my God, I actually met Whitney Houston when I was what like eight or seven when she was filming um waiting to exhale in phoenix so oh, it was okay. so nuts so my cousins and i we um they came for again easter what's up with my family in easter yeah. break <laughs> <laughs> it was for easter break and all my cousins came to arizona usually we would go to new york to see them but they came over to our coast this yeah. time and we went to um biltmore fashion square which is this outdoor mall where they shot the scene with Whitney Houston and the guy from the um, those those uh, commercials with the deep voice with, with the, the car in, insurance commercials. Oh um, yeah, okay, okay. Uh, you know what I'm, I'm talking about? Um, the black I'm, guy with the deep yeah, voice. Yeah, yeah, he went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So mm -hmm. when she's like the guy that had the wife that she was cheating with, you know, and that she was like go away at the end. Anyways, so we're at the mall and there's. Whitney Houston filming and we're just like in the sidelines like with everybody else like people were like you know stopping and watching mm -hmm. and when she goes to rest in between a take her bodyguard comes up to me and my cousins there was like four or five of us mm -hmm. and goes Miss Houston wants to meet you guys we were like what the fuck what the fuck <laughs> what? yeah and we were the only little black kids there she wanted to say hi to us because we we're the only little black kids there and she we came over, they took the little rope and let us in, and mm. she put her arms around us, and we took pictures with Whitney Houston. I'll never forget it. And we start yeah. crying now. It's almost, like a, it's almost like a 19, it's like one of those 90s movies. In, you ever seen those where like the kid is like starstruck, and it's like, yeah. and he's the main character, and the whole movie he's trying to meet the celebrity, and then the celebrity right. finally takes notice, and then the bodyguard comes in, hey, guess what, he wants to meet you. Yeah. It's just like one of those movies. Yeah. It's just, totally. But awesome. you're like this little kid and like it doesn't even occur to you that this would mm -hmm. ever happen. Like you're mm -hmm. just like in awe of like, oh my God, there's a movie set. Oh my God, that's Whitney Houston. Oh my God, I'm little and it's Easter. What's happening? Right? Like you don't get Yeah, even, like, yeah you and Easter got to, you have you must have some good luck right. with Easter. Right. So, <laughs> Jesus got me every Easter. No, <laughs> and it's so crazy just to put another like Again, I, I don't know what it is with me and celebrities. I just attract them like no other. This Not too long ago, I was at Tyson 
Mike Tyson's um, launch for his uh, his weed line. I forgot the name of it. Uh, his Tyson weed line. You yeah, know, he's got a yeah. He just came out with it like not not too long ago. Yeah. Yeah, his Tyson Ranch. There you go. So it was his Tyson Ranch party. So I go there, and who do I see but Bobby Brown? And I had and he starts talking to me, and he was like. I was like, I have to tell you something. And I told him that story I just told you about Whitney. Yeah, and we yeah, both yeah. got teary-eyed. Like, oh, that yeah. was that was an experience. Like, he's, you know, he's a really cool guy. I feel like he has a bad rep. Right, and but, yeah. um, honestly, like, I, I enjoyed speaking with him. And I found him to be a gentleman, really. Mm -hmm. Like, he wasn't coming on to me at all or being creepy at all. Like, we just had, like, really, like, cool life like discussions and it was really cool just to like tell him about my little experience with Whitney you know and I knew it really touched him and it was a nice night whoa that, <laughs> whoa sharing moments with Bobby Brown that's got to be something it's like so yeah yeah this story <laughs> random yeah. but yeah what the fuck is happening wow yeah that's awesome Whitney Houston and then Bobby Brown. That's yeah, I'm like teary-eyed right now thinking about it because I couldn't believe the full mm -hmm. circleness of it, you know? Like, I felt very, um, I felt really lucky that I was able to even mm -hmm. have that conversation with him. Mm -hmm. It was, um, it felt very full circle. Yeah, and, because yeah. um, I don't even know, you know, <laughs> shout out to Whitney Houston's people, if anyone hears it, this podcast, because to this day, I don't know who has that picture that we took with Whitney and somebody in her camp took it. And if anyone in Whitney Houston's camp remember filming that scene at the Biltmore Fashion Square that year <laughs> for Waiting oh, to Exhale, man. it would be awesome if you could let me know if you have that photo because oh, so I still haven't. Done. You still haven't got. I thought you probably they would give you a copy or something. Right? You would think they'd ask for our address or something. No, and like to this day, and this is before everyone had cell phones and cameras. You know, yeah. back then we, we would all had pictures, but this was back in the early '90s, so there was no like we didn't get it oh, man oh well but somebody has it and it's one of these things back like i just know i just know i'm gonna make it happen i'm gonna find that picture one day yeah it's gotta be man it's crazy now acting wise what about like acting wise who are some of your favorite inspirations like actors films and stuff um oh god there's so many <laughs> acting wise i love like viola davis and I love, God, I love Brad Pitt. I love Juliet Roberts. I love, God, there's so many. Um, you know who really, like, I, I have to say, like, what I was so excited about was um, watching, like, The Joker. Um, that just, like, blew me away. I can't even right now. <laughs> like, there were so many sick films that came mm -hmm. out, and I'm just so, so, like, blown away by that film still mm -hmm. um that's like one that says like in my head right now um who else god there's so many did i denzel washington nice. um, who else do i cut you know when you like put someone on the spot you're like ah but like yeah you know, like you know um <laughs> but yeah no i there's so many it's hard i love meryl streep Mm -hmm. um, so you have variety of ranges of yeah definitely different John, range of different range. yeah that's great. And then favorite movies? Do you have like top five movies that you go back to for constantly? Sure. <laughs> for sure. Okay, <laughs> I have to always say Clueless just because I know every word to it. <laughs> oh man, yeah. You okay? Okay, it's one of those. It's one Shout of out those. to Amy Heckerling. You are the best director ever. I love you. 
Um, <laughs> let's see. What else do I love? I love anything by Kubrick, like straight up. Oh, um, nice. Anything by Spike Lee. Shout out to Spike. You're awesome. Um, yeah, let's see. Spike. What else? Who else? Like what other movies do I like love? Um, you know, I'm always re-watching things like The Squid and the Whale. I love that film. Um, you know, <laughs> you know what else I love a lot is Sideways. Have you ever seen Sideways? With, uh, oh my God, Gianni? Yeah, Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti, yeah, Gianni. Yeah, Giamatti. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> I yeah. met him at this party and I just went up to him just smiling like a fool. And then he just starts smiling. <laughs> and we're both just smiling. And finally I like got the nerve to talk. And I was just like, you don't understand, dude. I watch five, like sideways, like once a week. I'm obsessed. Like, I love you. Like he was so sweet. Um, yeah. I, I love that film. I'm really into comedies. Um, oh, okay. I love, and I really like dark thrillers too. Like Gone Girl, I think was one of the dopest movies ever. Yeah, that's a good one. I don't think mm-hmm. a lot of people give that enough cred. Um, I like, as far as like TV shows go, like I love the Ozarks and nice. like House of Cards, but you know, unfortunately Homeboy kind of ruined that. But um, Yeah, did you finish it though? Did you finish House of Cards I at all? I did, and yeah. it was super, super awesome to see Robin Wright kill it. Uh, yeah. Shout out to her. She is an incredible actress. And yeah. I went to a Q&A where she was at and talk about humble, talk about um, class and just this, she has this beautiful energy about her. I, yeah. I, I, uh, she's, she's another, she's, she's breathtaking, she that woman. Still, I love she her. seems too nonchalant, which is a good nonchalant. Right? Yes. But it's not arrogant nonchalant. It's, yeah, it's that's very, what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like a good, like, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's like you mean well, but you're very calm about it. Totally. See you. I mean, Forrest Gump is one of my favorite movies. Like back to like what you were saying. What are my mm-hmm. favorites? Mm-hmm. Um, that would definitely be one. Um, I love Shawshank Redemption. Nice. Ooh, I love um, Match Point. Have you ever seen that? No, I've never seen that. Oh my God! I know some people have some issues with Woody Allen, um, but <laughs> my God, that uh, man can direct. Uh. Yeah, I can direct. You know? Yeah, Manhattan was a good one. I don't know if you've seen Manhattan. Yeah, Manhattan's, Manhattan's amazing. Girl Interrupted is another one I love. Shout mm-hmm. out to Angelina Jolie. Oh my God, she's incredible. Winona Ryder's amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, there's just so many. Whoopi Goldberg, I love her. Mm-hmm. I can't, there's just so many people. I can't even, oh my God, you know who like was the show, oh my God, was so tragic when he died. I, I, <laughs> I was eating sushi at a restaurant and I just started crying and screaming. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, I had to like control myself. When Robin Williams killed himself, I lost it. That was a hard one for me. That was really hard for me. Um, one of my first movie experiences was going to see Mrs. Outfire when I was like eight years old at the theater with my best friend at the time. And mm. it was like the first time I had like a friend date to the movie theater. I'll never forget it. And um, yeah, that one, that one was hard for me. <laughs> that's yeah. like me with, uh, that's like me with Nipsey Hussle when he passed away. I was on the train and I had just gotten, uh, I had just gotten done doing a film. I was acting and I hadn't acted in six years. So it's my first film in six years. And I, and I, they, they was like, oh, you did a pretty good job. Da, da, da. And I get on the train and I and look at it. And I'm like, oh, Nipsey Hussle passed away. I'm like, mm, something's off. So I don't believe it. And then the next stop, oh, he's been shot. Da, 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 da. And then tears started bawling out of my eyes. And then everybody on the train started looking at me. And I was like, oh, this is so 
freaking awkward, but it's annoying. Oh, but I feel you, right? Like they yeah. don't know what's happening, but you know, and it's like yeah. whatever fuck Yeah, else, but like, I was I was yeah, I was with two of the <laughs> I was with two of the friend two of the people that I was acting in the film with. They were riding along with me and I was like, man. And then the whole ride, they were just like, Man, you really it really hit you because I was quiet. Like I was happy go lucky. Oh my god, I just got I just I, I just acted in a film in six years. You know, I was happy. I was like, oh, my God, this is awesome. And then boom. And then just quiet. Even the handshakes of goodbye was like, yeah, man, I'll see you later. Like, and just off. Completely off. Yeah. But yeah. I just, like, totally feel you on the Robin Williams one. Totally yeah. On that one. Totally. And it just makes you remember, like, God. Just appreciate everyone. You never know the last time you'll ever see him. And I didn't yeah. know this man personally, but he touched my life, you know? Yeah. And and that's the thing about what we do. It's It comes with a responsibility. And I think um, it really annoys me when certain people, you know, get mad at fans, don't want to talk to them. You know, I'm, I'm just like, really? Because you have no idea how much you affect these people. Yeah. You might know them, but they know you. And you might have helped them not kill themselves that day or help them make a decision, you know, to stand up for themselves one day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, you don't even know it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I, I, I feel like I appreciate so much what we do in the arts. I, I, um, I know what it's like to mm-hmm. rely so much on a film mm-hmm. to make you happy. And, and that's, that's, so, why, that's why I appreciate Spike Lee because me and Spike Lee, uh, I used to get on Twitter with him. And I used to talk about the Knicks with him. <laughs> nice. With Knicks, Knicks, Knicks. And then I watched Do the Right Thing. And then I said something to him like, how can Mike Tyson, uh, how can you uh, be friends? Because I wasn't, I was so ignorant. I was like, how can you be friends with Mike Tyson when you had a whole movie and you talked shit about him in the movie? And then he just tweets back and I was like, with all due respect, sir, Mike Tyson and Robin, I forgot the guy's name that disrespects Mike Tyson in the movie. He's like, fuck Mike Tyson. I don't know if you you seem to do the right thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. He passed away too, and there he was. And then the spike just like schooled me, and it was like. And then after that, it was just like, all right, we're gonna talk about the Knicks now. And then, so I appreciated that because it's like he's talking to a fan that he doesn't really know, and he's engaging with him constantly. So I yeah. respect people like that, you know. So that's a big. I do too. Because mm-hmm. you get on Instagram, and it's like. You see these celebrities talking to one another and then the fan tries to say something and they don't respond to that fan. And it's like, dude, but the fan is the reason why you're here. Mm-hmm. I mean, so it's like you should not ignore somebody that's putting food on your table in a way, if you know what I mean. Right. And I won't mention any names, but living out here, there's a huge difference. And you meet them, the people mm-hmm. who really appreciate, you know, what they do and the people who are like, Ew, you're below me. I only talk to fellow celebrities. You know what I mean? And it it grosses me out to watch because I'm like, <laughs> homie, you're just one bad album, one bad movie from people never caring about you. Like, stay humble. <laughs> like, keep it real. So now, uh, moving forward, uh, Kanye Sunday servant service. Yes. <laughs> it was that experience. So it was his act. It was. His, uh, his, what do you call it? His opera. Mm-hmm. So it was, what was so interesting about that was any, you know, shout out to all actors out there. We all know most of our gigs. We're going to get off Actors Access, LA Casting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, 
you know, every day, <laughs> well, now, now, because the quarantine slowed it down really badly, but yeah. usually every mm-hmm. single day for like, I don't know, all day long, you're sitting there looking for new um, gigs. So gigs, it was yeah. like, it was like 1030 at night. And I saw this gig and it, it wouldn't say who it was for, but they just said big artist. And I was like, okay, clearly this is someone big because it's only someone big when they won't say their name. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, well, I could use some money this weekend. Why not? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so I submit to it just thinking, I don't know if they're going to you know, call me in or whatever, mm-hmm. but they did. So I was like, awesome. And then I'm driving to the address they give us. And I remember thinking to myself, wait a second, I can just like Google like what's happening, you know, here at night. And on my way there, I'm like, holy shit, this is for Kanye. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. So I get to the, um, cause we had our, uh, our practice cause we, it was a two day thing. We had like practice the day before mm-hmm. type of thing mm-hmm. and like the day of as well. But like the first day was like, kind of just like settling in and getting to like know everybody where to put you blah 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 so um I just knew like when I got the address that it was going to be at the bowl so I was like okay who's performing at the bowl today (laughs) and and when I saw his name and and you know on the marquee and I was just like this is going to be interesting so I had no idea I was going to be in this show I had I just heard big artists was going to be the weekend the pay was good enough for me I was like cool let's do this and then it was just kind of like, wow, okay, and it's for Kanye. This is going to be interesting. interesting. Yeah. Did, and then when you went in there, was it like a whole nother level? or? So uh. I'm trying to think of like the best way to put it. Um, you know, it's funny. While we were like practicing, I was kind of like, okay, how is this going to look? Because some of this... You know, I can't tell if it's coming off sacrilegious or if it's not. Like, mm-hmm. I was just like, is this going to offend people? I don't know. All I know is I'm a performer. I'm being paid to perform. Don't, you know what I mean? Like, don't, <laughs> don't overthink it. Yeah. Don't overthink it, girl. Just, you know, do the thing. Yeah. And, um, but I will say this. When I was on stage, he was literally like a foot away from me at one point and, you know, doing his thing. And the whole time he was like, moving his body and his energy was very focused and you know I I gotta say from like the the few hours I I got to see him like in his in his element and like I I see like what they're talking about when they say like musical genius stuff like I I can see how he he just focuses in and it's really it's awesome to watch Mm -hmm. as a fellow artist because it's there's nothing more beautiful in my opinion than art being um performed and you can just definitely see that even if you don't respect what he's doing or the message or, or yeah, what it is, yeah. you have to at least respect the energy he puts into it because you, you feel it. You really do. Like it, it's, um, it's tangible. And so, yeah, I, I will say that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, you could, you could tell by his demeanor that whenever he has an energy towards something that energy stays on that thing for a minute. Yeah. You can He's very talk, so. focused, which is mm-hmm. um, a beautiful thing to watch because mm-hmm. it's something, you know, a lot of us can lack, especially as artists, um, because there's so much like, what do you call it? Um, with under chaos is that like order. But like, 
to be able to just zero in and focus like that. He has, mm-hmm. he has a focus that um, I think many people should aspire to have. I will give him that for sure. Mm-hmm. Now, being in the industry for so long, what are some of your favorite moments that stand out to you? Um, I, let's see, just off the top of my head, like recently last year, I was in the Grammys for Travis Scott and got to dance for that. And that was really nice. fun. Um, cause that's not something as an actress you ever think about doing is performing in the Grammys, you know, that's more like of a singer's um, mm-hmm. dream. So yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that was really fun. And again, with the, even with the Kanye thing, um, being in the, the bowl, you know, never in my life did I ever dream of performing at the bowl because I'm not a singer. So mm-hmm. it was cool that I got those two different, really great experiences in the same year too, which was really dope. Um, but different things that have stood out to me. Let's see. I was in, um, I played, you know, a reoccurring townsperson in Penny Dreadful this season, which is really fun oh, to be in like 1930s clothes. Yeah, that was, that was super fun. And, you know, when you're in big budget stuff like that, it's, <laughs> it's fun. And you become like a family with the whole set. Cause I, I, came on like maybe six different um shoots for them so you get to know everybody and it was just so fun to um recreate things like the zoot suit riot like oh my god it was insane like we were recreating these riots like these actual historical events and you felt like you were in them like you and that's what I love about acting so much it's like here you are in these 1930s clothes and your makeup's 1930s, like everything about you in the set. And it's so easy to get lost in it. You know, when you have those big budgets, it's so easy to like get the, you know, feel the character. (laughs) I mean, yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's, feel like that's what these, the sets are for. I feel like sets help the actors navigate their feelings and their emotions a lot more. Totally. Totally. That's important. I feel like, and some actors don't really tap into that. It's like, look at the scene and look at the environment you're in. Now, imagine what they felt like back then. Now go with that feeling. Right. You know, if you have baggage, you have baggage that you can bring on. If you don't have baggage, then try to imagine, you know. Again, you're an actor. You should be weird enough to imagine, so. For sure. Yeah. And let's see what else. I just I recently did a commercial with um John Michael Higgins and he's mm-hmm. so awesome. He was in um what do you call it? That dog movie. What, oh, what's it called again? Best in show. Uh, yep, yep. He was in yeah, and like tons of other really big movies. Mm-hmm. And so it was so great to work with him. I actually worked with him before um in a different commercial that didn't air 10 years ago. Like I thought that was so nuts. And um, <laughs> it was for a Christopher Guest. So it was so funny. I remember I was in the trailer with him. He was so sweet to me. And then this time, when right before we started um, our scene together, I looked at him. I was like, we actually worked together 10 years ago for Christopher Guest. And he was like, oh, my God, I remember that. And, I, and it didn't air. And I was so bummed because he did like five different spots. And they only aired three of them. It was for the uh-huh. census. So it was exactly 10 years ago because now it's the census again. It was 2010. And... So it felt so like full circle that finally 10 years later, I'm working with him again. My commercial aired and it was, it was, it was great. He was such a sweetheart and he's so funny. My God. <laughs> now, what are some things that you dislike in the industry that you're like, okay, I'm not um, about it. I'm, things I'm not into in the industry. I'm not about the, um, I'm not about the lack of diversity. 
I know we keep saying we're going to get better and it is getting better, but mm-hmm. it, there's still way more room to improve. Um, I don't like the politics of the industry. Um, I think people kind of put you in a box in the industry and then it's just kind of like, okay, that's your box. <laughs> and yep. it's like, make sure to take that box and throw it away. <laughs> like yep. don't ever let anyone do that to you. And they keep trying to, and don't get me wrong. Like you're going to have your bread and butter rolls. And those are going to be the things that like, yeah, boom, right off the back. This is what you come off as. And that's how you're going to make your money. Right. But also make sure to like get out of that and try exploring. So you don't get totally pigeonholed right there where people can also see you doing other things. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't like the box aspect or the politics of it. Lack of diversity. What else do I like about the industry? Um, those are probably the major ones. And I guess like creepy guys. There are a lot of creepy guys in the industry. <laughs> and ladies, I'm talking to you right now. And even men, because the men get accosted too. Um, speak mm-hmm. out. I recently actually had a really gross situation happen where I actually um, left a TV show um, contract I was going to sign um, because the producer grossed me out. And I just, I didn't feel comfortable Um, working with him anymore and you know I had to do what I had to do and I reported him to certain places because I'm we're done like this is we're done we're done with racism we're done with having to feel like sex objects like no like I'm here to work you're professional Mm -hmm. so anyone out there who you know any of that sexual assaulting stuff that's another bad part of the industry all that me too stuff like it happens and it's gross and Mm -hmm. definitely call people out because they need to be called out because if you don't then somebody else is going to happen and then more girls and more people or more men you know again don't want to the the unions unions have to do better as well they do they really do and all of them they have to do i'm not a i'm not a part of it but I have a friend of mine who's a part of it. And he tells me all these stories like, yeah, they need to improve in this, they need to improve in that. And it's like, they yeah, do. I um, especially the producers guild. I, I was actually very shocked that they don't have anyone picking up their phone. It's like all just a message. And I, I just, I didn't like that. Um, I, I think they need to pick it up a bit. I love SAG. I think SAG is an incredible um, union. And I love that the second I called them, they were like, tell us names. And they gave me all these numbers for like, places I should report him so they were on it which was cool mm-hmm. um but uh the producers guild yeah I'm sorry I gotta call you guys out you guys need to do better about that yeah the film has been going on for so long now and it's still happening you know what I mean so it makes you think it's like when did this all start you know because 1930s 19 you know film started like in the 1919 I think 1919 was the first film ever I think or something like that I'm not too sure but business grew with it as well and then women started becoming a part of it and then they started looked at sex objects and it makes you think it's like when did this all begin who was the first right well look at shirley temple she was three years old and her first role was a baby prostitute are you kidding me like how who that's what i'm saying like and it's okay who wrote this who produced this Mm -hmm. who green lit this what studio said yes to this? Like, these are the questions you need to ask because all they do is go after the actor. And I don't yeah. like that because it's like, A, I'm at the bottom of the trough, guys. Like, I'm the performer. I'm, <laughs> we know you guys see us as a dime mm-hmm. a dozen. We get it. Doesn't mean I'm not going to look any more into my craft and think that what I do is important, but I know how you guys think about us. You can mm-hmm. fire me in a second, get a new me. I get it. But a three-year-old prostitute? Like, what? 
like yeah. I, and it's it's <laughs> it's mind-boggling <laughs> and people don't even think about it people don't even look at that role anymore they look at Shirley Temple as a sweet girl right it's but like, she, uh, yeah. and like what happened to oh my god another um movie that really affected me was Wizard of Oz um and when I hear what happens behind the scenes of that film, it makes me very sad. Mm-hmm. Julie Garland went through so much. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm very, you know, in, but that's the thing. It hasn't stopped. Like, it, like yeah. very more is another mm-hmm. example. Like, you know, and thank God that she was able to be as strong as she is and change her ways because she was able to do that for herself when she had family members enabling her. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. Drew Barrymore could have gone a whole other way and it would have been completely understandable. She also so, comes from like family, like of actors. Oh yeah. No, she comes from royalty. She is yeah. Hollywood royalty. Like yeah. her family. Are you kidding me? The Barrymores? Yeah. But that's the thing. Like she could have totally just like kept going down the route she was going. And I commend her so much because when you are a little girl and your mother's like, hey, let's go to Studio 54 and use you to, for your fame. Like, that's so <laughs> sad. Like, that's so sad. Like, those yeah. stage moms. And I'm very grateful I never had a stage mom. Yeah. Like, I really am. Um, you know, my mom, she never wanted to put me in pageants and stuff, even though people always told her to. Like, it was just, she was just like, I don't want her to be that little girl. Like, my mom taught me, like, yes, you're beautiful. But guess what? So are 50,000 other girls. Like, mm-hmm. who cares? Mm-hmm. So I learned really early in life, personality is way more important. And I'm very grateful for that lesson as well, because I don't think enough women learn that one. Mm-hmm. It's like when people tell me, hey, so what kind of photography do you do? Real estate, weddings? I'm like, real estate and weddings? No. <laughs> no, this is no. 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 It's a bigger picture out there. No, I'm not about to settle for no. No. And then get yelled at by all oh, these pictures are whole no because it's a wedding like wedding pictures that's why I never do them I just because it's a wedding it's a memorable thing I'm not about to be a part of something that I could potentially screw up you know what I mean totally so yeah but I, there's a bigger picture out there like I'd rather be in film sets I'd rather be you know in people that I actually grew up inspired by you know what I mean so it's it's one of those. But then living in Virginia for so long and then moving out of it, because Virginia, you got to think, is a corporate world. It's completely corporate. It's like, right, we have right. The, we, we're the richest county. We're the richest state in America. We're, I'm the richest county in America. We, oh, I didn't know that. Wow. We, yeah, we own most of the, we are pretty much, we own 70% of the internet in the world because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's insane. Like, 10 minutes away from me is the place where all the data centers are at and wow. we're collecting 70% of the like when you type in .org it's coming out of Virginia wow yeah. I didn't know that yeah it's yeah. one of it's one of those things so it's like when I speak photography here they don't get it it's like they don't get so it. <laughs> weddings or real estate or weddings no, <laughs> you no know, I don't do bar yeah no I'm not doing all that no so what do you do it's like oh I'd like go to LA New York and then their eyes just bog and it's like I should not be telling these stories to these people because it's there's there's no conversation in that it's just going to be like a fan and I don't want to talk to you as a fan I want to talk to you like a real person you know because then they start to fan out. It's like, oh, you've worked with this person. Oh, you've worked with that person. It's like, nah, I'd rather not fan out like that. But yeah, it's a completely, as opposed to me telling a story to somebody in LA, 
You know what I mean? They can counter that with something else, you know? Yeah. They can be like, oh, yeah, well, I've worked with this guy. And then it becomes a whole conversation because now you can relate to something, you know? It's, yeah. It's, uh, but, yeah, it's, it's yeah. Now, uh, you've, you've done a lot of characters and stuff, and you've portrayed a lot of characters. What are some characters that, that you remember that you can relate to? Um, oh relate to that's a different story <laughs> mm-hmm. most of the people I play I can't relate to at all but like you find the one thing that is relatable and you like maximize that so that it kind of like covers all the other you know what I mean if that makes sense <laughs> mm-hmm. um like I I had one I'll talk about my unrelatable characters because those that'll be easy oh yeah okay <laughs> okay one I'll never forget <laughs> um so I played this um, this girl on a date with her boyfriend and he it's like their anniversary and he's trying to get her to um, tell him like what he like what I want to do. Like, do mm-hmm. I want to go to a spa or like go to a cabin in the woods? And the whole time I'm on my phone just texting and, you know, Instagramming and all that and just going off with my friends. And the guy, this poor guy is like trying to do this romantic weekend with me. And I'm just very, like, in, just super, super selfish into myself. There's, like, a waitress who, like, comes and I'm just, like, here, take my dog. Like, I don't even, like, say thank you or please. And I remember, like, in between takes, I would be, like, I'm so sorry. This is so not me. Like, I would, like, because I felt so bad at how I was treating her, like, even though I knew it was a character. But, like, in between takes, I'm, like, girl, I'm so sorry. Oh, man. <laughs> because this girl was so not me. And I loved playing her, though, because it's fun. It's fun mm-hmm. to be able to like have no one get mad at you and be this like selfish bad like just really into herself girl because I I would never want to be that girl in real life but for a day yeah that'd be fun (laughs) yeah but that's awesome like every single take you're like I'm sorry I'm sorry I've I've, I've seen people do that and it's like I I get it I totally get it it's like but again it it comes with it it comes with the territory it does and honestly it's a testament to how well you're doing because if you're not mm-hmm. saying that then maybe you're not really being her mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> it comes down to that as well yeah now directing wise do you do you have anything that you would like to direct at some point or have you written yeah, anything you that know, you would like to direct i would um it's so funny that you brought up directing you know my brother's a director and okay. he actually went to your alma maters while you went to la film school nice and um yeah so i I would love to direct and I actually wrote a script um, and, but I think I want to put that kind of like on the back burner because I think it's a little too intense, but there's another idea. Like I'm working on this other script that um, actually came as an advice to me um, from Spike Lee actually, which is hilarious. Nice. Um, I did, <laughs> yeah. I, I actually worked for him on a shoot. Um, for Andre Day, the singer. And um, so he was, you know, telling me, like, I think you should do um, something about this. And I don't want to reveal it because, you know, I don't want people to know about it, but it had something to do with my job. So I was like, yeah, I think that's a good idea. So I've been working with that idea. And it's, um, so yeah, I'm working with that. And I would love to direct that and star in it. I also know how very ambitious that is. <laughs> yeah. So um, I would probably be mainly, maybe just become like a producer on it, but I definitely would at least want to be a producer on it. And, um, but yeah, so that's, that's exciting. So that's kind of something I want to, I want to do, but yes, directing for sure. Directing mm-hmm. definitely something 
in the future I'd love to do. I actually, um, when I was in high school, directed some um, some stuff. I was in, um, what do you call that again? TV production. So we would do like little opening of shows. And one of them I did was a Got Milk commercial. Because <laughs> I noticed all the kids at school, they would steal the milk from the line and just like, because it was always at the front of the line, the milk. And then yeah, you had to go through the whole line. Yeah. to pay so they would just like go to the front take the milk and skip and like and just leave and so I was like I'm gonna make a little commercial about this but it's like supposed to be the opening of our tv show because we all got to make different ones and they would like rotate them and that was the first thing I directed and it was so much fun and I had like chariots of fire in the song while the guys were running it's like no 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 and they're like running away from like the um the lunch lady and like the security guards. So they're like running away from teachers with their milk and just like <laughs> it's so funny. And one finally one girl gets caught. And I had this like really big security guy that worked. He was like such a teddy bear, but he like looked intimidating. So I was like, can you please be in it? And I had him like yelling into the camera and I had it super like, I was like low on the ground. And so the shot just made him look like a monster. Nice. And then I had like this high shot on her. It like went straight from him yelling to her shrugging with the milk mustache. And then I was like, got milk. <laughs> and I nice. loved it. And that was like the first thing I directed. And I remember then I was like, yo, I would love to do this. So yeah. That's funny how that's circling back and back around. And mm -hmm. you're like ready to, that is insane. That's. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, I'm in my thirties now. So mm -hmm. I've been in this industry now for a long time. And, mm -hmm. you know, to all the actors, Shout out to you guys because, you know, you have to stay patient. You have to stay humble. And it sucks. It's hard. Like, I know a lot of people look at me like I'm crazy. Like, would have given up by now. But, like, this is all I want to do, you know? And so, and I know one day that's, it's just, it's inevitable. It's just how numbers work. You knock on a door long enough. It's eventually going to open, you know? And, um, yeah, that's how I feel about it. So you just got to, like, keep chugging, you know? Just keep mm -hmm. keep trucking down that little... <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's tough, I man, especially now because everybody... It's it's saturated. Hollywood is saturated now. So. Very saturated. Very but bad. you know what, though? It's saturated with a lot of minor talent. A lot of people who are, like, trying to make, like, a big ocean out of their little bitty pond mm -hmm. versus the people who study and really work on their craft and didn't just come here thinking they're going to be famous in a day. You know what I mean? Like mm. LA has a lot of those people who come here and leave within a year. Like, let's be real. Yeah. It's a very transient city. Yes, it's saturated, but I feel like the riffraff cleanses themselves out because they can't handle the pressure. I've been here now. Oh my God. Let's see. Since 2005, 15 years I've been in LA. Yeah. yeah. What's tomorrow? Oh my God. June 10th tomorrow, right? Yeah. It, tomorrow will be exactly 15 years. I moved here June 10th, 2005. That's and crazy. You, yeah. You know how many people I know who were like, I'm never leaving. This is all I want to do. Left within five years, left within 10. Yeah. Every cast director will tell you and listen up actors. If you are not willing to give it at least 10 years in LA, then don't even bother because straight up, like that's the least you have to do out here. And people come out here thinking they're going to be famous in a year, get mad and leave. And yeah. so 
It's you know, tough. and, and you, you let them buy, buy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because there's no ones coming in every time. There's no ones coming yeah. in that are, you know, but that's that's another thing. That's why a lot of people pick up other hobbies and exactly. they start to create. It's like, well, pick something else. And then like for me, it was like, OK, I wanted to do acting. I started acting in the New York Film Academy. Uh, you did your second year in L.A. I didn't do my second year in L.A. I just went to L.A. I was like, no, what? let me go to L.A. because half the people that I met in New York are in L.A. anyways. So gave me a jump start and then acting was like okay cool but then I got lazy with LA like LA I've never been there before I got lazy with the weather and then yeah I was- LA see that's the thing about LA too it's mm-hmm. really easy to also get in the party scene mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. like you you have to focus here and it's hard to focus here that's yeah. the other thing too you have all these distractions yeah so you have to remember why you're here I don't mean to sound like a bad cliche reality show, but I didn't come here for friends. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah. I came here to make a career for myself. And, you know, some people might be like, well, you're not famous yet. Like, I know I'm getting there. And yeah. like little by little, I see my progression. I see the bigger roles I'm getting. I'm seeing the bigger rooms I'm walking into, you know, mm-hmm. different casting directors, just different people. And you have to really appreciate every little goal you, you know, you have to, because then you're going to get sad it with yourself. Like my girlfriend, she got a nice little like um, under five on a TV show. And she was like bummed that it wasn't more lines. And I'm like, babe, were you in these shows 10 years ago? And she's like, no, you're right. I'm like, then look at you. Yep. You have to remember where you came from. When I look back at 15 years ago, I didn't know anything. Yep. Like I thought I knew how to act, but I really learned how to act here in LA. Mm-hmm. Thank God I was able to book stuff in like Miami. Steve but- Harvey... I think he got his first role when he was 35. See? You know? And it's like, yeah, take your time. And then what's his name? Danny DeVito. Um, yeah. He, actually, he got lucky. He got lucky. Like, he got, because lucky there was a, it was fortunate, actually, because he had gone through 140 auditions. And then 141st, he auditioned for this role for the show Taxi. And Love then they it. were looking, they were looking for a short, mean guy, like a midget but he's a mean guy. Yeah, and, and he's so big for that. Yeah, perfect. And I don't know if you've seen Taxi, but it's I like, have. it works. But that's how it works, though. That's yeah. how she works. One day, somebody just writes this character where you walk in and they're just like, yep, that's it. Because yep. you have to understand, it's mm-hmm. nothing personal. And that's the mm-hmm. thing, like, a lot of actors take this shit personally. You cannot take it personally. Mm-hmm. They it's, don't even know what they want till mm-hmm. they see it. And you just walk in and they just go, yes, that's it. I don't know what it is. I just, that's it. They, you know, you just, they don't well, even know what they want. That's why they leave the, that's why you leave the headshot with them. Because the casting director was like, okay, he wasn't good for this role, but he's actually perfect for this one. Right? Exactly. So, and that's yeah. why you just have to keep chugging. Like Morgan Freeman, another one. Mm-hmm. 50s wasn't until like he really broke out. Samuel Jackson, another one. Mm-hmm. Like, and you just um oh god who what's his name um anthony hopkins he actually was an actor and then he became a drunk and then he became an actor again yeah yeah it was was like his mom actually motivated him was like look man you're becoming an alcoholic you're a drunk you need to get back into acting and then boom there's anthony hopkins and you know actors like we're all <laughs> artists in general there's a reason why we're attracted to this stuff you know a lot of us suffer from depression a lot of us suffer from you know horrible childhoods that uh, unfortunately and fortunately are the fuel to our emotions are fuel to help us play certain people and you know i used to study with ivana chubbuck and 
you know, she's Brad Pitt, Halle Berry's coach, Charlie Theron. And she would always say, like, all those bad things that happen to you, those, that's the gem. Like, that's the good stuff. Like, that stuff, like, you. That's the baggage. That is it. Yes. That's the baggage. That's the good, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. And Mm -hmm. so you think as a regular human being, oh, my God, poor me. But as an actor, you're like, oh, look at my God. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I I think one of of my (laughs) teachers did that in New York Film Academy. She did like towards the end of the year, she actually was like, okay, I'm going to give you guys my observation throughout the year and each one of them. And then she pointed out to me, she was like, if you channeled your emotions to the lines, you could be the next Bobby D. And I'm like, wow, what do you mean? She's like, you, you have a lot of baggage. I can tell like you grew up with a lot of baggage. And I'm like, I'm thinking mm-hmm. back to my Albanian, Albanian experience because I'm from Albania and I've only been in America. Oh, nice. I've only been in America for like 20 years. Um, so she was like, I could tell you've had a lot of baggage as a kid. I'm like, yeah, I mean, growing up in a third world country. And she's like, stop, don't tell me the story. Just keep that baggage yeah, on the lines and then just go yep. on with that. So it's like baggage is important. Like you cannot, if you have a fruity life all the time and you want yeah. to, be better, <laughs> it's going to be tough. It's going to yeah. be tough to be, to channel, to channel emotions. And you're just going to come off awkward in the screen. It's just not, you know, you can't relate. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's so true. You just you, know? you got to use it and mm-hmm. not be scared of it. That's the other thing too. I think we like to hide away from that. And it's like in a controlled environment, you know, when you're able to access these emotions and not try to like force yourself. That's the other thing. You can't force any of it. Yep. But yeah, use that baggage, man, for your mm-hmm. benefit. Agreed. And it's like you, you have a script. You can ad lib a little bit if you don't feel like comfortable with certain lines you can ad lib a little bit now that depends on the writer as well yeah i don't like to ad lib at all just because i know a lot of writers do not like that and you don't want to get on the writer's bad side Mm -hmm. even though some might say like well you know the producers hire and fire you doesn't matter like writers can write you out (laughs) like oh you died easily yep you just died yep right off yeah and you have to respect the writer's work and honestly when i wrote my script um recent like the one i did a couple years ago I um I had so much more respect for writers. And when you take the time to write something, because as an actor, you're always reading other people's stuff. But when you take the time to write something, you realize how much time and effort somebody mm-hmm. put into writing something that you're now getting the privilege to act for somebody. Mm-hmm. Learn their lines. I mean, if you fub up one or two, whatever, like like words here and there, that's one thing. But I think it's really important for actors to respect writers and try to memorize it word for word if Mm -hmm. you can. Like, I try to go verbatim. Um, And yeah, you might have a word here or there. They won't care about that. But if you, like, change actual phrases and put in the ums and the likes Mm -hmm. and stuff, they hate Mm -hmm. that. So definitely try and be verbatim if you can. Mm -hmm. That's my advice to that. And also, one thing I learned from my my dorm room... uh, uh, roommate, he was a writer as well, and he was. I was telling him, I got these ideas, and he was like, Never tell a writer your ideas because they are writers, right? Exactly. I was like, Oh, <laughs> shit, you're right. He's like, We are writers, you got to remember, we can jot that shit down and completely twist it and not even realize, yeah, you won't even realize it's your story anymore, like, right? Do you ever see oh. Vanilla Sky? No, I've never seen that. No. Oh my god, there's this great scene where um so Tom Cruise is with his best friend and they're at a coffee shop and he says this wonderful line and he notices this guy writing it and he's like, "Hey, don't steal that." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, like, 
but see, they're New Yorkers, so he's, you know, he's up on that because writers yeah. know. Writers know another writer. You know your own kind, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Take one to know one. <laughs> yeah, that really blew my mind. Like, it literally sat there for, like, 20 minutes. Like, yeah, I should really not share my shit with people like that, huh? Like, yeah, don't, especially with writers. We're especially film writers. Like, you don't want to do that. Yeah, because you have no, that's the thing, like, um, the ether, like, when ideas are in the ether, you Mm -hmm. know, you put it out there, and next thing you know, some, like, inventions, like, you know how many things I thought of would be great inventions, and a couple years later, I see someone invented it, and I'm like, they just actually did what I thought of, like, when we think of things, we put them out in the ether, and other people just, like, take them, they don't, it's like, it's incredible how you can just think something, and somebody else will, like, get Executed. the vibe so mm-hmm. yeah execute it it's crazy do you have anything else outside of the entertainment that you would like to share with people that they don't already know about you or yeah for sure um i love uh i used to volunteer with kids a lot um this beautiful company called young storytellers if there are any actors out there i would love to tell you guys about this um it's so great you basically mentor a 10 year old child at different elementary schools that um work with with this program and you teach this fifth grader how to write a five page script and then famous actors come in and perform it for the kids live. And it's so cool. And I've mentored God, like seven or eight kids. And I just kind of want to take a little break from it. I might go back, but I would love, love for any actors out there. If you want to give back, if you want to even become a better writer, it helps you become, I, you know, what's funny. I mentored like four kids and I realized, okay, I'm teaching a 10 year old how to write a five page script. What is the script, but like a hundred pages. So what is that? Just 25, five page scripts. So it like totally made me actually put in the time to write my first script. I got inspired by these kids that I was Mm -hmm. mentoring Mm -hmm. and it, it, you know, that's what's so great about volunteering. You know, it'll come to you in other ways. Like I, I know it's times, it's only like an hour a week um, when they do it. And it's on like a Thursday and it sounds like nothing, but that hour, man, you're teaching a kid yeah. something they'll never forget. I had one child who was autistic and everyone kind of just were like, Oh, don't expect much from him. I'm like, what are you talking about? This kid's awesome. Like he's so funny. He yeah. did the best impressions of Arnold Schwarzenegger I've ever heard in my life. And like, I was like, this kid is hilarious. He should be on Nickelodeon or something. And his yeah. parents got him into voiceovers. Now he's making little films and it's all because of this. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's so great. So young storytellers, um, any actors out there want to volunteer, it's a great program. You really should look it up. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's definitely great. something I'd love to say. And you know, shout out to Black Lives Matter. Let's put that out there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then uh, do you have any advice that you'd like to give any actors? I mean, you've given advice throughout the podcast, but do you have any? For sure. Um, let's see. Yes. Here's my advice, actors. It's the number one advice I can give you. It's going to sound a little weird at first, but, you know, just go with me and listen to it. Go to therapy. Mm. Um, you need therapy, honestly, because you can't play anyone else until you really know who you are and you think you know who you are but you don't and if you are an actor you most likely have a lot of baggage and you will become a way better actor when you realize how to manage that baggage and understand how it affects you because when you can understand that about yourself you can now understand anybody else and see how their baggage affects them and it gives you 
not only being a great actor and becoming better at that, but it makes you a better human being because mm -hmm. you empathize more and you cannot be an actor if you judge your character. It doesn't work. You have to understand them. Even if you're nothing like them, you have to find at least one thing, you know, you can't judge them. And the only way you'll really empathize with everybody is if you really like love yourself and mm -hmm. get to know yourself. And sometimes, and see. sometimes characters can lead you to go to therapy. Yeah. Because you didn't go to therapy in the first place. So you, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You so you don't want to go there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Go there as quickly as you can because you don't yeah. want to have a role mm -hmm. bring you there. You're mixing that'll your, be even worse. Yeah, you're mixing your reality with the with the reality of the writer. Exactly. And that happens a lot with method actors. And mm -hmm. that's another thing, guys. Like you have any actors out there, some advice. Um, you have to really understand what kind of acting you want to do, you know? Like, would you like to learn Meisner technique? Do you want to do method? Because there are a lot of different ways you can break down a script and a lot of different teachers have their own views on it. And it's good to look them up because some things like method, some people can't handle it and it gets them a little too into characters. And, you know, it's unfortunate. I don't even want to name certain actors. I'm sure you know who they are. Yeah. Um, and it's, it can be heartbreaking sometimes. It, it doesn't always go a good place, especially if you go into those really dark characters. So you don't want to um, go into a dark depression. You don't want to um, kind of, tweak out in any way you know what I mean like mm -hmm. you want to be able to focus and know what's real and I think with therapy that'll help like my number one advice yeah go to therapy guys towards the end of the podcast I do these uh 10 questionnaires I got from James Lipton from Inside yes. the Studios I'm pretty sure you're familiar with it especially being an actress so the first questions he usually asked was what is your favorite word fuck <laughs> what is your least favorite word Cunt. What turns you on? A really smart person. What turns you off? Dumb people. <laughs> what sound or noise do you love? Ooh, what sound or noise do I love? <sighs> I guess the voice of whoever I'm loving. <laughs> <laughs> what sound or noise do you hate? Hmm. I hate blinkers. You know, in the car, the blinker oh. sound. Yeah. I hate. Oh, stop it! Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 do you turn the signal on when you're like about to turn, or do you just like turn? I like straight up. If I'm like waiting to turn left on a, you know, at a, a traffic light or whatever, like you know how some people will leave it on the whole time while they're just waiting at the red light. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. I can't do that. I would go and stay. <laughs> Uh, what is your favorite curse word? Um, back to my favorite word, fuck. <laughs> what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Um, you know, I always thought I would probably be, since I loved volunteering with kids, I'd probably be a good, like, kindergarten teacher or something. Mm. Um, and, or a lawyer. Um, I have a lot of lawyers in my family, and I don't know. I uh, like my cousin Farah. Shout out to her, Farah Devereaux. She's incredible. It's awesome. She's a lawyer, but actually now she's doing stand up comedy. So oh, okay. um, I love that transition. It's beautiful. And mm -hmm. she's, she's so awesome. And, anyways, when she told me, you know, the reasons that she found, fell in love with acting, I mean, excuse me, um, with being a lawyer, 
I found myself being like, yeah, I remember times where I felt helpless or I saw someone helpless that I wish I could have done more and knowing the law would have helped, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, so either law or teacher probably would do if I uh, <laughs> wasn't an actress. What profession would you not like to do? Um, I wouldn't want to be a cook or chef. I shouldn't say cook. I, um, I don't think I want to be a chef. I think that would like take all the fun out of like cooking. Um, yeah, I guess I'll go with that. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Hey, girl, hey. <laughs> Any last words you'd like to give to the people? Any shout outs? And where can they follow you on the social? Um, yeah, you guys can totally follow me at Sasha Ascari. That's S A S H A H. A-S-K-A-R-I. And I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Twitter. You can find me on imdb.com. Um, where else can you find me? Yeah, those are like the basic ones right there. So hit me up. I'd love to like answer any questions if you guys have any or any advice. Um, and yeah, anything else I'd like to say to the people Listen, this life's a journey, and I don't care if you want to be an actor or a doctor or the next president, what have you. Don't let anyone tell you you can't do it. I want you to do it twice, take pictures, <laughs> you know? Because yeah. you have to understand when someone says you can't do something, that means they can't do something. They're projecting their own limitations onto you. It is not true. Do not let it be true. Because the second you let it, an inch of it become true, it's going to overwhelm yourself. So just know, whoever you are, no one in the world is like you. There is no better version of you. And we all need your stories. Everyone has stories that nobody else has. And we need to hear from you. And just know that you matter. And you're very important. And you affect every single human being in this world. And I wish you all the best on any endeavor you're in, especially in this industry. Mm -hmm. Find you some good friends, you know, mm -hmm. it's important. And it's hard because people leave. It's a very transient city, but if you got even some good friends you can call that are in other states, just find a good support system. Cause there are gonna be days, like again, shout out to my cousin Farrah Devereaux again, because there are many times I wanted to quit that girl I would call her up screaming, crying, this, this, and that happened, this, that, and that happened. And she'd be like, no, you're not going to quit. Mm -hmm. And she'd help me remember what I wanted. So just have those people, those true people who love you, who won't mess with your mind and be like, yeah, maybe you should quit, you know? Like, no, because it's hard to find them. I only have two or three really good friends, straight mm -hmm. up. I'm going to be real about that. And, <laughs> um, and, and just, you know, this town's fun but try to remember why you're here. Don't get caught up in the party. It's super easy to, and, um, and see a therapist. Those are my, <laughs> that's my advice. <laughs> Perfect. All right, guys, this was episode 20 of Intuitive Minds featuring Sa Sasha Ascari. Peace. Thank you so much.